I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It is so good to be back. I've been away for a little while. Last time we were here, I was about to take a break to go to Lincoln. Since then, I caught COVID for a second time, along with all my family. Had a wobbly, was considering staying in my hometown. However, I'm so excited to say I pick up the keys to my new house in Lincoln this week. The update that nobody asked for. My new house is set in a tiny little village outside the city that is reminiscent of one of those villages on a British murder mystery. Think John Nettles in the 90s on Midsummer Murders. This is what I've been aspiring to for years without the murder. I will never fathom how that tiny British countryside village on that TV show can afford to lose so many villagers. I have a brand new house I'm moving into that has this old rambling windmill next to it. There are fields across the road, actual fields with badgers and hedgehogs and all sorts. I can't begin to tell you how excited I am. I need to give a massive shout out to my girl Kerry. She really helped me out with finding my dream home. All the love to you, my darling. I'm so grateful that you are my friend. You might wonder, why are we on season four? We could have started this a bit later, perhaps when the move was done. But genuinely, it felt right to get into a new season because I feel like I am in a completely different place to when we finished up season three, so on our last episode. I recognise now I needed a break purely for inspiration a new direction to take the podcast in, nothing too far removed from where we were, just some additional topics that we could perhaps look at. These last few weeks have hit me right in the chops when it comes to shadow work. I remember saying on the podcast not long ago that I hadn't delved into anything like shadow work on the podcast for a while as I was happy and it didn't feel relevant to where I was at. So I wouldn't feel I could really get into it and do it justice. But buckle up witches, shit have I got issues that I feel we can all relate to. And you know it wouldn't be the White Witch podcast if we didn't end up talking shadow work in the summer. The universe clearly heard me cockily say that and thought, hmm, Girl, time for you to have some fucking hard lessons mixed in with some blessings. 
I will never understand why this stuff comes up for me in the summer months when I'm meant to be living my hot witch life, but here we are. Shadow work is for life, not just for Christmas. I felt today's opening episode might ease us in gently for some of our forthcoming episodes. We will have all the pagan type aspects of the show in this season, but I think there are some areas we've never tackled that we could look at together. The more I speak to other witches, the more I realise much of this is a theme for the collective. I might recommend that perhaps when you listen in, you grab a notebook, you might want to take some notes, you could sign up to Patreon, over there there'll be four grimoire sheets as we go through the season. Before we get into our main episode today, our book review is a real random one. Not one I thought I would bring onto the show, if I'm honest. I thought I could sneakily read it outside of witchy books for the podcast. But damn, this book got my attention. It is so good, I couldn't not tell you about it. It does fall under the supernatural category, so I hope of some relevance to our dark witchy hearts. Another reason I didn't envisage talking about this book on the podcast is... Because it's been so popular, I often shy away from books that are all over social media for fear of it being for the masses and frankly rubbish. But this book, oh my, I can't even tell you how much of a romp it was. The book is My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. When I tell you I spent the entire time reading this book, lost in childhood memories of the 80s, thinking of my mum with her huge blonde perm, driving me and my brother round in her Cortina. I was there in the 80s. If you were born in the 70s or early 80s, this book will be a whole trip down memory lane, I am sure. I had... Tiffany's song, I Think We're Alone Now, In My Head, Madonna, everything. Here is the book blurb. High school sophomores Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since fourth grade. But after an evening of skinny dipping goes disastrously wrong, Gretchen begins to act different. She's moody, she's irritable, and bizarre incidents keep happening whenever she's nearby. Abby's investigation leads her to some startling discoveries and by the time their story reaches its terrifying conclusion, the fate of Abby and Gretchen will be determined by a single question. Is their friendship powerful enough to beat the devil? Like an unholy hybrid of Beaches and The Exorcist, my best friend's exorcism blends teen angst, adolescent drama, unspeakable horrors and a mix of 80s pop songs into a pulse-pounding, supernatural thriller. First thing I need to say off the bat is if you watched the Amazon film of this book, read the book. I waited to watch the film until I'd read it, and it did the book so dirty. Aesthetically, it looked good, but so much of the story and its essence was missing. This book is absolutely wild. I could not put it down. I haven't found a book I love as much since I read this about three weeks ago. I cried, laughed a hell of a lot, was petrified in parts, disgusted in others. 
Overall though, it made me realize how much I love my friends. I even sent my best friend Alex from school a really soppy message. It just reminded me of our times as teenagers. It will absolutely take you back to the good and bad parts of being a teenager. It is so full of love ultimately between two friends. And I guess it's that theme of sometimes love doesn't have to be in the form of romantic relationships. We can have so much love around us in so many other forms that is so intrinsically important. Excuse me whilst I get the sick bucket. But yes, ultimately, this book just made me feel a whole lot of love for my tribe. And lastly, can we just, with the cover, it's giving VHS that you rented from Blockbusters. Fuck, I miss going to Blockbusters with my friends and choosing videos. Videos! But yes, the cover is amazing. Following on from reading this book, I'm going to read Grady Hendrix's book, The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. So yes, run, don't walk to get a copy of this book. It is worth the hype entirely. Just don't bother so much with a film. That's all I will say. So I'm here recording the podcast in my bedroom as I have been since it started three and a half years ago. And I'm excited to say when I move, I'm going to have an entire room all to myself to record in, which is unreal. But for now, I'm sat here in my bedroom burning a beautiful jasmine candle that is adorned with rose quartz, carnelian, rosebuds and lavender. And I was sent this by the wonderful Wildly In Tune within one of their ritual boxes for Beltane. I love it so much. I wanted to tell you about the box that I received. I'm all for supporting good witchy businesses, especially as I'm a small witchy business owner myself. The Wildly In Tune Rituals box contains monthly items to support spiritual wellness for busy witches just like us. Working mums, perhaps, those who find it hard to make time and space to heal, listen to their intuition and connect with their divine feminine and the universe. So this box arrives to your door every month and corresponds to the season and lunar cycle. Your box contains beautifully curated products such as mindful crafts, books and stationery for journaling and manifesting candles and jewellery. Six and 12 month subscriptions currently have 25% off. Boxes are shipped at the end of the month in time for the month ahead and you lovely listeners can order the summer solstice box up to the 12th of June. Order at www.wildlyintune.co.uk. Follow them on Instagram at wildlyintune underscore. I will put their details in the show notes for you to see too. So coming back to talking about season four of the podcast, it felt quite poignant to catch up with my good friend Jennifer Lane. Author of The Wheel, you will likely remember her episode, which is one of my favourites, of the show, she came on to talk about her new book, The Witch's Survival Guide, and themes around connecting with nature, rituals and practices linked to nature, but also managing mindfulness 
anxiety, disconnects and overall well-being and tying it in with our witchcraft practice. Jen, as ever, offers up some real wisdom and ideas. I wound up taking notes throughout this interview. There was a ton of inspo she gave me and I hope it might you too. Jennifer Lane is a green witch, author and distance Reiki healer. She has written for Vogue, The Guardian and the BBC on how nature and spirituality can support our mental health. Her books, The Wheel, A Witch's Path, Back to the Ancient Self and The Witch's Survival Guide, Spells for Healing from Stress and Burnout are out now. She's over on Instagram at The Green Witch Writer. Her website is jenniferlanewrites.com. Again, I will leave those in the show notes. When I think of Jennifer, I think of birds after reading The Wheel. She definitely got me connecting more to the birdies. The music before this interview felt quite fitting. It is called Robin and includes birdsong. It always makes me a bit emotional as the Robin is one of my faves. It reminds me of my nanny Rose. And recently I've had quite a few Robins flutter around me and have wondered if she might be showing me she is around whilst I go through all these changes. Love her. You can tell I'm emotional. I'm excited to be back, witches. Without further ado, join me after the break to speak with the wonderfully talented Jennifer Lane. with the wonderful Jennifer Lane. Hello Jennifer, welcome back. Hello, thanks for having me again. Oh, honoured, I'm so glad to have you back on. You may remember Jennifer from our former episode, The Witch's Guide to Healing, and we have also reviewed her wonderful book, The Wheel. So Jen, last time we caught up with you, you had released The Wheel, but can you give us some insight into your new book and perhaps ways writing this book might have influenced your craft and lifestyle oh interesting so <laughs> yes absolutely uh, my new book is called the witch's survival guide spells for healing from stress and burnout um, which i think that many of us can relate to right now um <laughs> I, I feel like this is the right time to be talking about this um so i wrote my previous book the wheel back um, in 2020, had the time during the pandemic. Um, and it was all about my recovery from stress and burnout um, that I'd experienced in the workplace and how I came back to my witchcraft practice using the wheel of the year. And in that book, that was very much a memoir style that was looking at my direct experiences, going out into nature, communing with the elements and the spirits there. Um, but this book, The Witch's Survival Guide, is a very practical 
uh, book. It's a guide to using spells and rituals, charms, um, looking at the elements um, and, you know, seeing which ones resonate with you. It's a very practical guide to witchcraft and to healing. Um, so it's something that will um, that can be used by people of all ages, really. I've tried to make it as accessible as possible. Um, so it can be used from like any age, from teenage onwards. Um, if you are experiencing stress at school, at work, um, these are all ways, very practical tips that you can use to come back to yourself. Um, and you asked about ways that it might have influenced my craft. Um, and I suppose that it's just really made me super conscious of potentially when I am feeling those like those stressy moments those things that maybe I would have just skimmed over before and gone it's fine just push through it it's okay but actually now I feel like having written this book I've got all of those tools and resources in one place that I can keep referring back to so if I do feel like I'm experiencing stress which you know even those of us who've done a lot of inner work lots of you know practical things as well um those moments of stress still rear their ugly head um so I think that it's just very good to be mindful of that and having those resources at hand is really helpful so yeah I definitely found that while writing this book oh I loved the wheel and obviously I've been fortunate enough to get to read your new book the witch's survival guide they're both amazing standalone books but I also think if you've read The Wheel, I think it will give you such a great follow on because it's like you already gave details in The Wheel of what you did and different rituals and things like that. But this is packed, like, you know, cover to cover, packed of things you can try, not overwhelming because there's so much explanation on different areas and, you know, why you might want to do this. So all, it's all very logical. It all makes sense. And you're right. I think if you are you know I know for the podcast we do obviously get a lot of witches that are you know teenagers and so on but I really read this book thinking this is great for me as a refresher on quite a few different things because I don't retain everything in regards to the craft in my brain at all <laughs> but it's also great as a reference book for witches that are perhaps you know been practicing for longer periods of time and and you know I really felt like it is a book that I would reach for straight off if I was going through the crap, you know, if the new moon, the full moon was beating my ass <laughs> or something of that, <laughs> I would reach this and think, okay, what can I try? What can I do to help this be make this better or, you know, self-soothe, if that makes sense? Yeah, I know exactly. And I've, I've tried to split it into the four elements. Um, so, so really you can choose an element that uh, resonates with you, something that's you know really really um speaks to you you can sort of dive into that element and choose a spell from there but yeah I talk a lot about the moon and like ways ways that we can cope with those dips that the full moon brings or the new moon uh, we were just talking before the podcast weren't we like it's <laughs> it's coming up for the full moon now and I'm just like oh my god I really need like a, a spell jar <laughs> so uh yeah I think I'll be diving into my own book later just to get myself back <laughs> up to back up to scratch <laughs> Oh, absolutely the same as you. This full moon is definitely, it's definitely doing it to me. And um, I think as well, it's 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 really good timing that we're 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 talking about this because a lot of the theme for so obviously we we're just starting out with season four of the podcast, and a lot of this season to kick off to begin with is going to be around shadow work, and it's weird because you know we kind of talked on this as well, but shadow work is 
traditionally I, I don't think it's, it's a bit like shadow work is for life not just for Christmas but I know that usually it's a time of you know sort of sowing and, and around the autumn and winter months that we we kind of go in but for me shadow work always rears its head in full intensity in the summer and that's kind of why a lot of the themes on the podcast are, are around this because a lot has come up for me I think as a collective it is as well I think it is it is a real thing so I really think a lot of the witches will benefit from this if they're feeling the same even if it's just for this full moon in general I think a lot of witches are crying out for this at the moment oh yeah uh, no, thank you so much <laughs> obviously much of the focus with your book is around the modern world like pushing a lot of us to breaking point because sometimes it doesn't really sync with trying to live seasonally and a lot of the things that us witches do try to focus on you know the bigger picture it looks at burnout you know feeling anxious inadequate disconnected what would you say are some of your favorite methods you use within your own life and perhaps craft to allow you to feel that you've taken back maybe perhaps control maybe more of a self-soothing nature within your life Mm, yeah so I definitely think there's a crossover so the things that I do within my life have a certain magical mystical quality to them as well um but I'm I'm really big into somatics so sort of moving the body and like finding yourself back in your body when you're feeling very anxious in your head so like I think I always equate those anxious moments to the element of air taking over almost like your thoughts um you know, racing like the wind. Um, so I always try and ground myself back in my body. And the ways that I've done that over the years, um, I do a lot of yoga. And I always find that if I'm not practicing yoga, my mental health is is a bit shaky, is a bit wobbly, because I need to come back down to earth and into my body, like putting my hands on the on the earth um, through like traditional grounding techniques. Um, but you know, I, I feel like when I do a child's pose, everything feels okay again. Um, yeah. but I think that some of the other things that I do is, um, so I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to live in an area that's very green and leafy. Um, and I can get outside a lot. And I, I definitely feel again, that if I've not left the house that morning, you know, I, I try to go for a walk before work or at lunchtime um so most of the time I try and do both um because I just feel that the more time I spend outside um the more time I'm not just in my own head like I've got so much more that I can look at around me um but yeah I feel like that nature connection and that um that tie to my own body is something that really brings me back to myself um but I suppose within my witchcraft practice um I follow the moon as many witches do um so at a new moon I you know I do that manifestation and I I use it as like a check-in point of the month so I use like the new moon and the full moon as specific times when I can actually say to myself okay how has it been over the past few weeks um you know that kind of lunar clock almost just to say like do what what do I need to do for the for the coming weeks to make myself feel better so I, yeah I think that even though it's not really like a spell like you know if I'm doing manifestation yes of course that is a ritual that's a that can be used as part of my witchcraft practice but actually just using those lunar points as check-ins I think can be really helpful just so you can see your progress and see where you need to to go to moving moving forward absolutely it's, it, we're literally given two opportunities aren't we what do I need to end let go of what do I want to bring in? I think that's the magic of, of the, you know, the full and the new moon and using those as a, a tracking method, really. And 
um, checking in with yourself. But I also love, obviously, we've got Liz around the corner. I always love as witches, if you are a witch who works with establishments, that we've got those as well. It's like we have a plethora of different ways and, and things we can use within our year to, um, you know, check in with ourselves and see where we're at and, and what we want to achieve and do and so on. Oh, 100%. I think that um, that's what I did within um, the wheel. So the wheel, mm. which is path back to the ancient self. I use those sabbats, the, the eight um, spokes on the wheel of the year as those kind of check-in points. And, you know, I use the the immense power that comes at those times of year to sort of harness that and for my own um, mental and physical well-being. Um, so, yeah, I think that even though we live in this um, you know quite technologically advanced society where we, we can have like an app that pings every hour and that reminds us to drink water yeah. or reminds us to go for a walk um, I think that that doesn't really have the same effect as using the cyclical effects of the seasons and the lunar cycle um, to bring us back to ourselves like the modern world is going way too fast for us in, in my opinion and I think that um, a lot of us can relate to feeling very drained at the end of the day feeling like we've just run a marathon like every time we come home from work because the office environment is not built for everybody um even though we're taught that it is something that we should all like aspire to work in um yeah and I think that that modern environment that modern world is just so fast that we need to come back to ourselves and you know look at the seasonal calendar um yeah I think I think that nature is there to to live with us um not against us I really relate to that I feel like in some respects I'm kind of <laughs> I'm trying to adopt the I'm a witch 300 years ago without getting burnt at the stake but I I'm trying to does that make sense I'm trying to like go back into not not being on my phone as much as I can and it's really hard because it's like I you want to balance the sort of living cyclically and and you know living by the seasons working with nature and so on and not for me like there's little things that I do and and actually some of our listeners might relate to this I think I'm absolutely bonkers like with um with social media I do love social media but I get onto it and I get sucked into the hole so I've done little things like I take it off of my phone until I need to actually use it or I'll kind of go onto my laptop and log on, which sounds absolutely bonkers. But there's little things that I've had to kind of um, create that make me a bit more in the present because I've got a very overactive mind. And if I get onto them, I'm just there. I just lose a day. <laughs> absolutely. You know, I, I wanted to just jump in there and say, oh, my God, I relate so much to that. Um, I like even though I I love this, like the idea of seasonal living, it can be so difficult because we've created this structure in the modern world that relies on social media interaction. Let's keep in touch with our friends, but also like business opportunities. You know, if you're if you're working in that kind of environment um, social media is like so vital almost if we want to to um, socialize and progress in the world. Um, so it's no wonder that we get sucked into the, like the little dopamine hits that come with social media. Um, I, I think it really is quite tricky um, to navigate that, even as a even as a witch, as someone who's you know very in tune with the cycles. Um, I need to start doing that. I need to delete it from my phone and <laughs> just make sure. Oh, Jen, uh, <laughs> like, it's so when, hard. You know, people, it is so hard. 
on. And also people say, oh, I messaged it. Because I like, e- I think I emailed you the other day and you're like, I sent you a message on Instagram. I was like, ah, let me, ex- I, it's explaining the whole story of, well, sometimes I, you know, have to download the app if I need to go on it. And it just, people look at you like you're crazy, but it does work for me. And it's not to try to be anti-social or anything like that it's just even our brains like we you know the dopamine here if you are somebody that's got a very overactive mind and a lot of us do anyway or if you want that hit and you get used to it you just find yourself on it all the time so uh you know just creating little things like that for me but also yeah we can't you know we we can't you know really escape it in a world where most of our our careers and our jobs and what we want to do is is linked to the internet it's quite um it's a tricky time to navigate and we've never had this before so we are all finding and feeling our way as as alongside trying to be present and and live with you know seasonally and with nature and so on so yeah what a time to be alive (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah we're all all looking for those those ritual elements in our lives that you know would have been very common for our ancestors um, that we've mm-hmm. lost over time just with getting swept up in this busyness um, so I think that you know having those um, you know small rituals in our lives having an altar can is just yeah. such a wonderful thing as a witch I mean I know that you you don't have to have one as a pagan mm-hmm. or as a witch but it is a useful space to have in a quiet room of your house that you can go to and be meditative and reflective um, and yeah just come to whenever you're you know, feeling that you need to settle. Um, Because I I know that my altar can sometimes go untouched for quite a while, just because of the busyness of modern life. Uh, But when I do come to it, it feels almost like a, a sacred experience being there. I love that you're so honest about that as well, because I am the same. Sometimes I look at mine and think, oh, I need to, um, I'll never be that witch that's on there every day. I wish that I was, but, uh, you know, it's not for the one of trying, it's just life. And I think it'd be, you know, sometimes I think um, it's being, it's the, that reality check. But also, I mean, one of the books I read recently, um, which was great for me in terms of all factors of life, in terms of business pleasure and so on, and it was, was um, Atomic Habits. And, I, I kind of relate this with the altar um, because I feel like it's like a visual thing of when you see it there, if you um, do want to carve out that time to meditate or to kind of work on that aspect of yourself, just having that sacred space is almost like the, the prompt for the action of meditating or, I don't know, connecting with your deities and things like that. I really think you can use that altar for that habit of um you know it sounds awful saying habit for a ritual practice but that creates connection for us if, if you are feeling very disconnected and so on just creating that tiny habit of finding somewhere to go even if it's outside or something just that place is that that prompt for you to do it um, absolutely in real dark times one of the first things I find that I need to come back to is that sounds very dramatic very dark times when I'm feeling very disconnected um for me like I I always feel I need to get back in front of my altar um and that 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 starts the whole connection process just with with that alone and then everything else seems to kind of connect in with it too but there was so much in the book that um you know, I was really kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to get back to back to my usual, you know, getting into rituals and so on. It, it really inspired me to start getting back there and and doing little things daily, maybe building up to some bigger rituals 
The thing I loved about the book, and you touched on this, it covers a lot of... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I mean, it covered a lot in regards to the elements. We've already talked about air in relation to overthinking and so on. Um, There were so many great different rituals and practices they're realistic they weren't like you need the blood of a bat and things like that that I think some books can have um in them you know some witchcraft books unfortunately I don't think they're very realistic I think all of your work has been very but what was your favorite aspect to yeah what was your favorite aspect to research and write about for this book so I think that what I enjoyed the most was because these are all my own rituals that I um I have created um, and they're based on my real experience so a lot of uh, the spells are dealing with overwhelm and dealing with like negative thoughts how to stop those Um, there's one spell in there which is literally just standing on a hillside with your arms open um, to the to the element of air and wind and letting it blast your um, negative emotions away And I thought, what could be better than that? It's so simple. Mm -hmm. And when you are feeling in that negative headspace, you don't want a complicated ritual. You don't want to go searching for ingredients that you have to like order online and and source from a really, you know, quite far away. Um, I've read a lot of books where I'm looking at the ingredients and I'm thinking, I have never even heard of that. That is so obscure um and I just think that you know if you are experiencing low mood depression anxiety you want something quick you want something that's right there in the moment um and I think that being able to step outside and do a simple ritual like that can be um you know it can be very heartening like I've done that um you know look at me I'm working towards positive mental health I'm doing this for myself um and you know not having to to wait to do things like that so I think that was something that I really enjoyed about the book is like creating these almost like immediate rituals and spells that will be helpful for your health um but also like like you said I enjoyed going back to basics and like looking at the things that I was finding out when I was a teenager so I've been practicing the craft for god dare I say it two decades (laughs) now (laughs) I can't believe it I was thinking about that the other day going wow um so yeah so I discovered uh the craft when I was a teenager and um it's just always spoken to me um you know as a very female-led um spiritual path like that that's always been a huge part of it for me 
um, you know, growing up in a Christian household where it was quite patriarchal, like I always loved having that feminine element in there as well. Um, so I was look looking at um, how to set up an altar, how to, you know, create things with your ritual tools. Um, so it was wonderful to like look at the significance of those tools and like the athame, um, you know, having the different ele elements and elementals represented on your altar. Um, but I also enjoyed the simplicity of it um, because I think I've said this throughout the book and I think throughout all my work in general is that you don't need a lot of tools or ingredients um, or, you know, different items in your in your life to practice witchcraft. You just need yourself and your intent. And, you know, if you do have a bit of clear quartz on you, you know, a few herbs in the background, that's great because they can all enhance your work. Um, but I think that there's this myth in the pagan community that you need to be, um, you know, dressed to the nines in robes embroidered <laughs> with runes and symbols. Um, and you just don't really need, need that. I think that simplicity is key to this because it helps you focus on your intention and what you want to get out of that ritual. Oh, absolutely. I'm so <clears throat> I'm someone who'll be going in Sainsbury's buying juniper berries in the spice section and things like that. You know, I I I do not sign up to the all the gear form of witchcraft. It's just over time you end up collecting things, you get given things, but I'm very much uh no, you do not need at you know, if you you need very little to get going with it. I think what what you said there, it really made me realise that. So my teenage daughter, this is a sort of book that we would share together um, because oh, we're at both different stages. Yeah, so I feel like there's very few books that I've come across that I felt like Amelie would um, benefit from. But I feel like this one would, there's, there's so many different bits covered. I feel like it's a book we could really share together. We actually do a lot of like little rituals together for the moon, for the Sabbaths. And I think this is one that a lot of our witches, if they're parents or guardians, it's a really lovely book that you could enjoy together and kind of show them different parts of the craft, but actually have practical things to work on. And then, you know, kind of for witches that have been, you know, like you or I, like have more decades of working on our craft. Um, there's different bits that you could explore together and go further into, but this is like a great, um, outline for everything and where to get started and you know I, I really think that this is something that would be great for witches for that as well oh well that's wonderful to hear um because I, I have tried to make it as accessible as possible because I look at those um you know I'm just starting out on my witchcraft journey things um but also there is some something in there for more advanced practitioners um yeah that's really beautiful to hear thank you for saying that I definitely think as well, yeah, for myself, even reading this as a witch has been practicing for longer. There were so many bits and there were lots of bits that I hadn't even thought of or knew of as well. So it is a real combination of the two. But yeah, very much a lovely witchcraft book to share. If I'd have been given this when I first started in the craft, oh my goodness, I'd have been salivating, honestly. <laughs> it would have answered all my questions. Um, <laughs> me thinking back to my Silver Raven Wolf books that I shared with my brother as a team. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> I had I had all of them <laughs> I, was, I would devour those things but but yeah I think I think like you say there wasn't a book that kind of covered everything um and I think a lot of it was quite in-depth as well and um, there weren't that many 
you know how to get started books it was all like you know you should know this already almost like a gatekeeping yeah. <laughs> feeling to it so so this you know it is for it is for everybody there are a lot of books I find that are still out there like that now but then again this is very sort of reassuring very you know it's logical and, and it's easy to get going with it as well and so I pitched, um, so when I told to my, my patrons that you were coming onto the show, kind of pitched the idea for them if they had any questions that they'd wanted to ask and things like that. So I have got a little question that came from, from our lovely witches. One of the main takeaways we all agreed on from reading your book within our book club um, was being more present when we go out for walks in nature. It's really funny. Every time I go on a walk now, I never take my headphones and this all started with the books. I used to take the dog out for a walk, you know, once or twice a day. And um, sometimes you have my headphones on or I'd be on my phone still. I'd be out in nature, walking the dog, glancing at my phone, which is terrible. But anyway, um, so we're all saying about, you know, it's like leaving, leaving your headphones at home, focusing on the birds, plants, trees and so on. I've now worked like extended this to trying to identify different plants and trees so we've, we've developed a little bit now Jen since we, <laughs> since we last had you on have you any I don't know any new nature related practices that you've integrated into your life that you'd be happy to share to inspire us once again and I know you do a lot of work on the bird side of things as well so I don't know if anything's come up for you there or any any you know jewels that you're happy to share that we might want to have a go at <laughs> yeah so I yes like you say I'm very into my birds um I did used to work in nature conservation so I have got um you know birds are very close to my heart um and that's still something that I I look at when I'm when I'm outside um and as you mentioned like I try to go out without headphones just so I can fully immerse myself in what's around me um but I'd say that probably the things that have come up for me most are learning new wildflowers and um, I feel like every year I try and learn at least two or three more to add to my repertoire um you know it's slow, slowly getting there um so yeah I find that I am looking for specific patches of, of things on my walk I have like regular routes that I take and now I can see oh there's a patch of dead nettle here and this I can mm -hmm. use this in a spell for joy or you know for moving moving through low mood and I think that's um, yeah dead nettle is just a wonderful one to add a bit of joy to your life but it's not one that I discovered really until this year until writing this book so um, it's always a complete and utter wonder and a uh, little shot of happiness um, to ID some more herbs and wildflowers on your walk um, so yeah if I think if you've taken that step to stop wearing headphones or stop looking at your phone while you're outside so that you can really, really enjoy what's around you. I think that the next step might be taking an actual ID guide out with you. Um, because once you once you know where something grows, it tends to grow there year after year so that you can always come back to it and you know replenish your herb cupboards as I tend to do. My conservatory at the moment is just full of dried herbs and I need to put them in jars at some point otherwise they're going to get really dusty um so I need to do that but um yeah I think that those ID skills are you know vital for for a, a witchcraft practice if, if you want to go that go down that kind of herbal green witch path um I think that's a really good one. Oh, I love this especially about you saying about the ID and plants and what 
I live in a town and the sea is at the end of my road. So we're not known for, you know, that kind of climate. And, and so on. it does, it does affect what grows. But I, this year, especially kind of like after reading the book, I really got into, first of all, it was looking at everything. Then it became IDing things, but trying to do it from memory. And then I go back and check things out. And um, I'm so shocked at witchcraft supplies that you can just find. Uh, like I found borage, I found dead nettle, I found like dandelions like there's so many things that are just there you know just growing wildly on grass verges and you know there's everything that you can kind of there's all manner of things that you can use within your craft just just on the ground you know obviously ask for permission and so on um but it always amazes me yesterday I went out and um found loads of like elderflower and it's true like you say if you know where it is you'll know where to go back each year um I've started to look more into foraging. That's become my new thing. And now I'm like, oh, there's the blackberries. I'll get those at some point. And, you know, it's, it's just every time you go out, it starts to become a little like, oh, what prizes can I find? Yes. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, I love that. I love it. <laughs> I love that. It's, yeah, prizes. It's, it's, you know, it's, it really, <laughs> it adds an extra layer to a walk as well. Like you, you're not just walking for the sake of walking. Like there is a goal to it. Like you, you're, you've got your eyes on the prize. Um, I had a really had a really distressing experience last autumn because I was walking past this beautiful I'd say it was like a a 20 foot hedge of rose hips um yeah. like almost every day like they were roses at that point and I was like I need to come back here and harvest some rose hips um in the next few days and when I came back there was a guy and he'd picked the whole lot of them he hadn't left anything for other foragers or birds or anything and I was just absolutely devastated because yes like you say asking permission is key um you know from the from the earth spirits from the plant itself but I think that you know leaving a good portion you know I would only ever take like maybe five or ten percent from an area because yeah other other beings um you know need those need those resources as well I really dislike when people do that I'm so with you that's that's one thing I was going to say like I I I, you know for me like I take a very small percentage and I find some people really take the mickey with it and it's not just you know for other people it's more for the nature for more for the wildlife for the birds and so on that's their source of food it like really infuriates me because I have seen that around where we are as well. Um, so yes, it is asking for permission, taking a very minimal amount as well, not being greedy. And um, but yeah, it really upsets me when that happens. Um, yeah, it's such a shame. It's just thinking about it, you know, compassionately, really. Um, can I ask you though, Jen? So I did get a little phone ID for for, for ID in some. Um, it kind of did everything like plants animals and so on and my French bulldog got in the shot when I was trying to identify something and it was when it came that that my French bulldog was a cat that I thought perhaps this app isn't the right one for me to be using (laughs) so what do you use or could recommend as an ID type is there anything you could recommend as maybe like a book or an app that you like to use on that front yeah, so I don't actually use an app, but I love that your French bulldog was a cat. That's that's really great. Um, so I I have friends who use the apps and um, they all seem to be like the ones that I've seen seem to do quite a good job. Um, but I don't know them off the top of my head. So I have a very old school guidebook, which is an RSPB guidebook that comes with like there was a there was a fungi guide. There was like a seashore guide. And then there was this wildflower one. 
um, and it's very compact um, and I just take it with me wherever I go really um, but I'll always see the best wildflowers when I don't have that book with me I'm like oh <laughs> why didn't I think to bring it today um, but yeah I, I do go a bit old school with it because it also means that I'm not on my phone as much um, with the with the apps and everything so that I can leave my phone at home if I choose to but I can have this very sort of um, analog book with me um so yeah it's just it's just um a general rspb wildflower guide that's what i'd recommend that is absolutely what i was hoping you were going to say book because again it's the same with the having to take your phone and it takes you away again from i think being present at times so i will look into that and there are all some great places that you can buy older books like that so i'm sure that myself and a lot of our listeners will be able to find copies as well um, some of the old like identification books are so beautiful honestly you can pick them up in charity shops as well so yeah I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye out so this is such a random question but it is one I want to start asking people because I asked our Patreons this we were kind of having it's based off a book that I read recently but a lot of us are very much into kind of um supernatural programs and you know ghosty things and so on and we talked about it in a humorous nature of okay so bear with me like bear with me on this question perhaps if you were I don't know like confronted with a demon or if you were I don't know performing an exorcism which I'm sure none of us will need to do hopefully but I guess this question could apply in terms of more real dire straits in life so okay those times in life when you find yourself kind of falling to your knees asking the powers that be or whoever you want to call on um, for assistance so perhaps if you're anxious or you're in fear or really having a mental health lapse if you're happy to share with us Jen who or what would be your go-to in those times that are not of this world and why and are there any experiences that you have had that you would be happy to share please include your exorcism and demon stories if applicable <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, <laughs> trying to think of all the exorcisms that I've done throughout my life. Um, yeah, so, we love to hear those. So yeah, I, I suppose I'll start with um, I'll start with a practical thing because um, I I see as an animist, um, as someone who believes that you know every natural um, creation has a has a soul, has is part of this earth, it has a spirit. So I would speak to the stone people, and the first thing that I would do is is get a piece of black tourmaline smoky quartz black obsidian um i think that surrounding yourself with those protective stones those those um you know the element of earth is the first thing i would do if i was feeling out of kilter um you know i was feeling quite stuck in my head um and quite panicked because i think that even though those are like protective stones i think they're also very gro grounding ones as well so that would be my first point of call um but then i would um, go into that ritual space um, so I wouldn't necessarily like be expelling things from my system like demons or things but I would be calling in light so I'd be calling in positivity um, and I would use well I, I would work with the goddess breed in, in that so or Bridget or Brid Bridget um, yeah. I pronounce it as breed but she is this virgin Celtic goddess um, and she is the bearer of light so we, mm -hmm. we tend to work with her during the festival of um, of Imbolc um, or Astara. You know, she's that spring goddess. But I think also because she carries that torch, she carries that inspiration with her. I think she's a wonderful one for warding off the darkness. 
So Breed is someone that I come back to throughout the year, no matter where we are in the cycle. She's the goddess I would go to. Um, And I think that many people might say someone like Persephone is the um, the Greek equivalent um, because, you know, she's the ruler of the one of the rulers of the underworld she's got a foot in both camps she's got one in the real world and the underworld um so she's someone that people can work with to to take that dark negative energy back to the underworld with her um so yeah a wonderful um a wonderful goddess to work with um but breed is is someone that i've worked with for for decades now and i always feel very comfortable with her because i just feel like she gets it she's got quite a light energy to her there is I don't feel like there's any darkness or any dark sides to her so I think that she's Mm. someone that I would return to again and again um but you asked about paranormal experiences and yes (laughs) I've had I've had a few recently um I think just throughout life in general like um I think if you are sensitive to these energies um you know spirits can come through more easily um you know especially at different times of the year so Beltane and Samhain but I think they they are just attracted to people who are working with these energies and know how to manipulate them um so I've had ghosts in my house since I was 13 years old um I've experienced the fae when I've been out for walks and had very strange things happen to me, like um, being out in the middle of nowhere, but hearing cats um, start meowing around me when there's like nothing around me. Um, And they must know that I'm a huge cat lady because what they're trying to do is lure me away from the path. They're trying to go and get me to look for for cats or kittens um, when there's obviously nothing there. Um, So yeah, I find those experiences can be quite challenging and it does make you have a little moment where you think okay what is going on here is this some kind of like breakdown that I'm having or am I experiencing some something supernatural um so I do tend to always carry protective um amulets or stones with me um I always wear my vesica piscis um which has a um an amethyst in the center of it so it's two circles joined together to represent this world and the next but they're joined together with this protective amethyst um so that's something that i wear to protect myself on a daily basis um but yes i don't think there's any escaping the supernatural if you work with witchcraft it just seems to follow us around absolutely honestly i remember the tale that you said about the cats um hearing the cats in the wheel I think with the tree and the cat, if that makes I do remember the story of that though. I'm sure you wrote on that in the book. Yes, I did. It was it was a very um, it was quite a creepy experience, and it, it's, I still think about it quite a lot because I'm not sure what the fae were trying to tell me or where they were trying to lead me, whether it was a a positive or a negative place. But I got quite a negative feeling. Yes, and you can tell, can't you? You can. You do pick up on the energy. I mean, I know. I know that sounds a really crazy question to ask. I think that it stemmed from, as you say, us witches, we always find ourselves, you know, uh, really into and interested into the, in the supernatural side of things. But you always watch films and you always see things and it's, it's always geared towards the Christian church and God. And I know people say God in terms of the universe, but a lot of the times it is a reliance on the Bible and Christianity. And it kept coming up for me like, okay, so what do these perhaps, you know, what do witches do that, um, who do they call on when it comes to dealing with these energies? Or it's always been something I've been really interested in, you know, asking witches, who do you go to in those times of need? And yeah, it's always interesting to me. I guess mine would be, um 
my spirit guide and my deity so most often it would be Hecate because like you know like you were saying about Bridget I feel like she is that lantern in the dark and she will open up the path and show you where to go obviously she you know her her links to the crossroads and so on as well um but yeah that's really interesting to hear thank you so much for sharing that and yeah our witches definitely need to read the will to hear that story because I found that quite chilling actually and I do recall I remember reading that thinking it was quite eerie so Jen can you tell us more about new projects that you are perhaps working on or even plans that you might have for your craft I don't know if there are any specific areas of interest that you might be focusing on at the moment uh, yes, so in terms of my craft, um, I've actually been, you know, kind of foregoing that the cat experience. Um, I've been very interested in looking at the Fae since Beltane. Um, I've yeah. been looking at fairy trees, um, so really about the significance of Hawthorn and Blackthorn and things like gorse as well. So all these like spiky plants uh, that are associated with fairies because they have that trickster nature, like they're at one moment there. Um, beautiful and blossoming but they also have that trickster darker element mm. to them um, so I've been really interested in that recently and that's a piece of research I'm doing um, but I have a book out next year um, that I'm also doing a lot of research for um, and that is going to be looking at witches familiars and how they integrate with the landscape around them um, so that book is called Underwing um, and that's going to be out October 2024 had to get my dates right then um so yes I'm in the middle of doing that at the moment and there's just some very interesting pieces of research there so I'm loving that um and also I have another book out um in September of this year so September 2023 I've got my first young adult novel coming out um which is called The Black Air and it is a modern interpretation of the Pendle Witches um it oh looks my at... goodness <laughs> It's, it's been a busy year uh, but yes I've loved writing this book um, it's something that I started when I was actually quite young because I've had this fascination with the Pendle Witches ever since I was um, you know in my in my teens and as a child um, so this book The Black Air is all about obsessive friendships and this uh, witchcraft legend that permeates this sort of dark northern village and how it seeps into the consciousness of everyone around um, so it's it's quite a it's a bit of a chilling thriller um a bit of psychological <laughs> um drama in there and yeah I've just absolutely loved writing it I didn't know any of this so this is so exciting I can't wait for either they are both right up my street that's wow you've been a busy bee <laughs> you know what I <laughs> yeah I, I need to take some some deep breaths uh no it's been a really interesting year um and yeah, I think that also writing The Witch's Survival Guide has come at the right time because I, you know, I've been incredibly busy. A lot of us are just so hectic with our jobs, uh, you know, and being able to come back to these spells and rituals um, is something that keeps nourishing us, even if we do feel a bit depleted. Uh, we can re always return to witchcraft to hold us and, and nurture us. Oh, I know you've been busy, but you can tell how passionate you are about everything you're doing. And you can see it in your work as well. Like I've always, whenever I've read, you know, both of your books, you can really tell how much you love it. Um, so, yeah, very, very impressed, honestly. Um, so it brings me to my last question. 
obviously usually one of the last questions we ask on the podcast is um the music question and we we went into that on the first episode you came on but I really wanted to ask you about perhaps maybe books resources content creators you know YouTubers and so on that might inspire your own work and of course they don't just have to be witchy ones either for myself a lot of inspiration comes from all over the place so I don't know if there's any that you're happy to share with us but they might have influenced some of the work that you're doing currently as well um yes so I can talk about I've got two books in mind that have been really you know integral over the past year so I I mean, hopefully I didn't mention it on the previous podcast, but um, I am absolutely obsessed with braiding sweetgrass. I don't know if you've read this book um, by Robin Wall Kimmerer, um, but she is a, um, I believe she's a professor in America um, and she talks about um, the relationship between um, between humans and the land and like that historic connection that um, that native peoples had with had with the earth. Um, and she's been met with a lot of like scientific um, like research saying that, you know, we should keep everything very rigid and in its box. And it's like Latin um, terminology. But she is sort of going outside of that and looking at how deep um, and absolutely intertwined our spirits are with nature. Um, and it's this absolute glorious um, almost romp <laughs> through through nature, through spirituality, um, all told through the lens of, you know, her history, which is, um, you know, she's a First Nation um, person. So I I would really recommend braiding sweetgrass as something that's very immersive um, in nature. Um, yes. And so, yeah, the, the second book that I've been uh, looking at a lot recently is called Cunning Folk and Familiar Spirits by Emma Wilby. Um, and she does a real deep dive into the history of uh, witches, familiars and demons and spirits um, in folklore and nature. Um, it's just absolutely fascinating. And it's quite um, an academic text, but I also find it very accessible. Um, and she does so much research into folklore and, you know, how again fairies coming up again the fae like how how they've sort of seeped into our like the popular consciousness so I'd really recommend that to people who want that more academic approach um so those are two books that I've been absolutely loving recently because I feel like they've helped um add another layer to my craft as well fantastic I've got Braiding Sweetgrass on my shelf and I still haven't read it and that has inspired me to pick it up I've heard of the other one as well so I'm definitely going to give that a read but no thank you that's fantastic I think um, it's always good to get a good recommendation from authors as well and you know to hear what inspires their work and so on. So Jen that obviously brings us to the end of having you on I've loved this I've picked up so many like when you came the first time there's so many bits that I picked up from our conversation today where can we find you and is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap things up yeah so I'm I'm most active on Instagram so you can find me at the green witch writer on there um and I you know I post a lot of witchcraft content but also a lot of my nature travels there um and I am also a, a Reiki master a Reiki practitioner um, and so you can book in for a distance Reiki session with me there. Um, or you can go to my website, which is jenniferlanewrites.com. 
fantastic we would love to have you back on book back we'd love to have you back on when your other books come out all the books all the books are in my head now um so yeah if you'd like if you'd be open to coming on that'd be great we'd love to hear about your new projects but thank you always a pleasure always a pleasure to have you on oh it really is i absolutely love this and yes i'd be i'd be more than happy to come back on 